Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today is going to be a fun episode with my friends from the Arizona Ground Pounders, Cash Armstrong and Steel Armstrong. Guys, how you doing? Pretty good, Jay. You know, guys, um, I probably should just start out this podcast and say, what the heck is you guys' secret? Because in my opinion, someone that has hunted coos deer for a long, long time, uh, there's nobody, in my opinion, that has produced the number of bucks that you guys have produced, you know, for, for young guys, um, you know, and not taking anything away because you've been doing it since you're in diapers. But, uh, you know, I, I've got a little bit of age on you guys. Uh, and, and from my perspective, whether it comes to big coos deer, big elk, um, you guys, you guys seem to just always be on the money. Um, you know, is there, is there one thing that you guys would say, um, you know, might help you rise above the rest, um, in a general term? Um, this is Cash. Uh, I think just knowing the country and being in the right country, you know, where the, cause you're only as good as the country you're in, you know, steel, that's a good point. Um, you know, cash, you say, being in the right country, steel, you say, you know, being being in those pockets and stuff, that's one thing about that people need to understand. I mean, the units that you hunt, primarily 23 uh, and 22, uh, you know, yes, there's coos deer kind of from high to low and all over, but on the same token, they can be pretty pockety, um, and especially probably finding those big bucks uh, you know, you're not just going to find them everywhere where a unit, say, in, you know, southern Arizona, you know, just have deer literally everywhere. Um, talk a little bit about the units that you hunt and those deer being so pockety. Uh, we hunt 22, and then 23 is probably our favorite. Uh, it can be pretty tough even for us sometimes, you know. We try to go explore and try to do different things and it doesn't always work out you know i think the big thing for us has been you know uh knowing knowing where we've seen deer you yeah know? instead of like people go set a camera where they haven't you know just go oh i think that's a great spot let's go and it doesn't work out very often when you do that. You want to go. You want to hunt where you know there's deer. Scout where you don't know there's deer. You know, and that yeah, that, that's the biggest deal. You know, a lot of this, all, like you said, all this country around here, there's okay. de there's deer in it. But if you're not right on to, on top of them, you're not going to see them. You know, you can be you can be a quarter mile off or looking in the wrong angle, and you you'll never see them. Do you guys, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I mean, you guys have produced, I mean, more quality bucks than any other group, any other outfit that I've seen out there. And, and you guys, that's, that's huge credit to you guys and your team. Is it a function of literally just spending so many hours out pounding around? I mean, glassing, you know, lion hunting, jumping bucks, you know, looking at tracks. Like, can you, can you like, point your finger at one specific thing that said, you know, like, if we didn't do this, 
we probably wouldn't find the bucks that we find. Yeah, the lion hunting was a big deal, like you say. I think just the more time you spend, the more luck you create. And uh, we we spent quite a bit of time. And then another thing we do a lot is a lot of the old time ranchers around here. We would always ask them, you know, where where was the biggest coos deer buck you've ever seen? You know, because those genetics carry on. You know, and that's 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 a lot of it. And then lion hunting, and then just you know August bear hunts. We found a lot of big bucks just bear hunting. You know, when you're not looking for them. And that that brings up another question, you know, so you're out glassing bears and looking for bears and all of a sudden you find a big buck, then you can kind of, as bear season is, is winds down, then you can kind of focus back in on that buck that you saw. Um, you know, is there, any, is there any one particular type of country, um, you know, whether it be terrain, whether it be elevation, whether, you know, is there any one thing that you could say, you know, close to water, far from water, you know, steep canyons? Um, is there any one characteristic that you can point your finger at that, you know, you guys are always finding good, solid bucks? Is there anything you could point your finger at that would say, yeah, you got to look for this? Yeah, we're always trying to put that puzzle together, but it, it varies from one piece. We kind of break the country up, you know what I mean, into little pieces, and it all, like, like there's big giant bucks that live on flats, open flats, Manzanita flats. It's, it's hard to do that, but it's hard to just pick a spot, but we, a lot of people drive by more big bucks than they ever see, you know what I mean? That's the kind of the way we think about it. We've killed some yeah. of our biggest biggest deer right off the highway. Right off the road. Right off the road, right right next to a campground, you know what I mean? Just kinda off the wall spots. Yeah, you might go you, you it don't always pan out, but that's the kind of stuff we look for that nobody else is gonna look for. The interesting thing about twenty three, you know, your favorite unit, as well as twenty two that is so interesting to me is, you know, and I've hunted them both quite a bit. Um, they both have quite a bit of thick country. They both have quite a bit of pine country and, you know, areas where literally glassing some of those deer are impossible. Um, how much of the big bucks that you guys have found in 22 and 23, how much of it do you think kind of is the fact that the unit, the units you guys like to hunt, they are thick? and they potentially allow those bucks not to be glassed, and they allow those bucks to, you know, get some age on them. Um, you know, how much of that do you think is it plays into some of the big bucks that you guys have found? Yeah, that, that they get the age, you know what I mean? And I think it's, uh, I think everything is timing, right place, right time. So, I mean, when you're out there a bunch, you create your own luck. And that, that uh, like you said, that thick country, it's, most people get, they get discouraged too fast, you know what I mean? And even ourselves, we got to. We do it all the time. We fight our heads about it, but you just got to, you got to stay it. put and keep, keep glassing, you know? But I think that, that thicker country puts more age on deer because, 
not so much the lions aren't killing them because they're killing them the same way they do in the open stuff, but it's the hunting pressure's less, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let, let's let's back up here just a second, and um, I want to ask you a question about that. There, there's one deer. Well, there's a bunch of deer, but there's the one deer that you guys shot a number of years ago that was a velvet buck, and I'm not sure if it was a raffle tag buck or a governor's tag buck, that it was like 148 or 150-inch buck, and it was beautiful gray velvet, just, just a beautiful buck. I'm looking at it on your Instagram page. Um, was that the buck that kind of not kicked kicked off for you guys but i mean because i had known you guys for a long time but was that kind of the first buck where you guys were able to kind of you know basically say here we are world we're, we're here i mean we're we're, we're we're looking for big bucks and we found big bucks i mean was that the first one that you guys could could really point your finger at and say yeah that was that was kind of the start of it all no I would say is where we really learned how to coos deer hunt is I killed a buck. I don't remember the year, but I was in high school, I think, and uh, we had watched that buck for a couple summers, and he kind of clued us in on, you know, how to hunt, how to hunt a big buck, and and then I would say definitely that 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 velvet buck. He yeah, that was a. That was we proved it, you know. That's where we kind of proved we, to ourselves. We proved our method on that book, you know. I, you know, I know you guys pretty well, and it, it, it brings up, you, you know, you say you proved it to yourselves. You guys are, in my mind, you're, you're a lot different than a lot of other guys that I interview, and that's not taking anything away from guys that I interview. But you guys, you guys are your own worst critic. Um, and I, I know you guys well enough that you guys, you know, you guys have, have it out between the, you know, the two of you or three of you, including, uh, uh, Levi's not on hashtag Levi's not on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and, and even your dad and Waylon and, you know, your whole group. I mean, you guys, do you agree that you're your own worst critic in, in that, you know, you're always trying to one up, you know, Basically, you're only as good as the last year you killed, and it seems like you guys kind of live by that. Yeah, for sure, because those big bucks, they only come around every once in a while. you got to get them killed, you know, and we, we put a lot, of, a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it done, and it's very hard to get it done sometimes. Sometimes you don't get it done, but that's what keeps us going, you know. How hard is it, though, when you, you know, you guys are, pretty young guys and you've had an unbelievable success, is it almost hard, I mean, Dar and I talk about this somewhat too, you know, we've been doing it quite a while and you get to a certain point where you're just trying to kill giant stuff and, you know, you're just pushing, pushing, pushing to kill giant stuff, whatever it may be, where you almost get to where you're like, dang it, we're putting so much pressure on ourselves. Does it ever take the fun out of it for you guys or the exact opposite does it just make it you know that much more intense and you want to you want to succeed even more it does a little of both but i would say for our normal clients it, it it's fun you know what i mean that's what keeps us going but a lot of people are into just raw numbers you know and getting old it it, it people don't do it for the right reason they don't realize how big a 130 inch gear is you know 
they they talk about it and they want one, but when it comes time to putting the effort in, they don't want to do it. And yeah, that's why we hunt. We hunt to kill giant animals, but some years the giant the chips don't go your way and the giants aren't there. You know, that's why we love like years like this where there could be a potential buck that could blow up. You know, on a good moisture year. The last couple years have been really really tough. So we're really looking forward to this year. Not not guaranteeing that there's going to be a giant or whatnot, but we've had enough moisture where there should be, you know. I, I hear what you're saying, but I see what you guys produce even on a drought year last year. I mean, Cash shot a giant. I mean, you guys knocked down some giant deer. So while I, while I am tipping my cap and agreeing that this year could be phenomenal, I mean, let's face it, you guys killed giants even when, I mean, you shouldn't have. Yeah, we hunted, believe it or not, we hunted all those bucks. We didn't get them killed on the October, November. It finally, we finally got it done on the late hunt. We hunted them bucks. We had a really good year, we thought, you know, for the, for the horn growth that there was, but it was... I, we hunted a buck that we killed for a client for 16 days, and we killed a 120 doing it. <laughs> I know. It's a beautiful buck, too. The, that big three-point, we, we were hunting a buck, another buck that we ended up killing after the three-point. But, I mean, that was just total teamwork. Brett, our, our uh, guide Brett, he, he had a hell of a hike every day for 16 days, and we finally... We killed the 120 buck, I think, on the 13th day, and then we had another client come in on, and the, late hunt. on the late hunt on the 16th day, and we killed we killed that buck that we'd been hunting. But I mean, it was it was a grind, you know. He was in a tough spot. Most people most people would have gave up, and we most people would have ran out of days, you know. Luckily, we hunted him for five days on the on the November hunt, and then the rest of the time on the December hunt. Let's talk about, you mentioned October, you mentioned November, you mentioned December. Um, you know, this year, the October hunt, um, looking at the regs right here, uh, starts on October 25th and goes till October 31st. So um, the moon is completely dark on the 28th. So in essence, you know, the, the front side, you know, the whole hunt, it's going to be pretty dark moon. Does that play into, I mean, do you guys think that dark moon is going to make that October hunt really, really good this year? Yeah, but I I think, I mean, a guy still has to. I don't think you should put too much worry into it because either way you're going to, we're going to sit there and glass just as hard. And If it does, that's just a bonus. Yeah, it's kind of a bonus. We've had October hunts where it was the worst moon. You know what I mean? I believe in that kind of stuff, but I just well, I, I'm just not smart enough to think, sit there and think <laughs> about it because you'll you'll talk yourself out of killing a buck. You know what I mean? All in other words, you. you're going to sit there and grind it out. Where a, a guy like me might say, "Well, you know, it's a full moon. They're not going to be up." Blah 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 blah. Which in other, in other words, you might be right, but. I just had it happen to where some, them bucks, if them bucks are st just came out of velvet and, and like big deer, they, 
they they shed their velvet at different times. I've killed a 130, you know what I mean, on the October hunt. he shed, I watched him shed his velvet, and then I've seen other bucks hardhorn in September that were giants too. So, But if they stay in that pattern, I think that's more so than anything. The key. I think that's more the key. But it, I gangster think the moon can make it a whole lot tougher on a guy, but... We we kind of hunt up we hunt them the same way no matter what they they got I've watched a lot of big bucks bedded before we're gonna kill them they always get up and stretch their legs they might only walk five feet or get up and turn around but they still get up. What do you guys um, let's talk about these three season hunt structures with the October November December in in a let's step back just a second and look at it from from your perspective and say, you know, I can remember when there was no October and November hunt and it was just, I believe, just a December hunt. Um, and yeah. now we've got October and November and December. Uh, and granted, you guys are outfitters. Granted, you guys like chasing big deer. Do you think it's taking its toll on big bucks or do you think the same guys that are killing big bucks will kill them regardless whenever the season is uh, you know are you seeing less quality do you think it's declining what do you think well i definitely think it's declined but i can't i can't put it on the tags or i can't put it put it on the numbers of tags or a drought year you know because i mean we haven't had a real great year in four or five years for for moisture, but I think they're in 22. They're definitely killing way too many deer. Don't get me wrong. There's there might be more population, but everybody's got good glass. Everybody's got a good rifle. You gotta. I don't mind them giving more hunts, but take the tags down a little bit. But you know what I mean. It's good for us guides. Yeah, we got to make a little more money. That money was never there before, but it's well, still we hunt for big coos yeah. deer bucks. I'd rather see less tags, and if they can't do that, take a hunt away. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, right now, if I could tell each one of you just personally, I'm going to give you a tag: October, November, or December. Which one would you pick individually? Which one would you pick, and why? Uh, this is Cash J. I, on a year like this, give me that October hunt. Why? I just think if you get a buck pattern, you know, and find the right buck, if I sit there for seven more, days. There's going to be more right, right bucks on yeah, a year like this. I think, I think I can kill him. Are you That's the same, Steele? But that late, huh? I would, but I, I've got too many bonus points. I wouldn't burn them on the October hunt. It's just because I could make money during the October hunt, and then me and my buddies or me and my brothers, you know, we, we can go. And on the December hunt, we have more days, so we can actually go and have some fun ourselves, and everybody could help me out. So I'd rather have the December hunt. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's get back to... I believe, Steele, you were talking about, you know, these big bucks, they shed their velvet, velvet at different times. I want to kind of get to that, but I, before we get to that, I want to 
talk to you about a year like this with the moisture that we've gotten. Um, how does this year stacking up as of right now, you know, our deadline to apply is uh, coming up here June 11th. Uh, and it's, I believe, a week from it's it's a week from today, so it's it's Tuesday, June 11th. Um, yeah. wh where do we sit conditions-wise, in you guys' opinion, in the Cooster country in 22 and 23? It, it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal, I think. But I think those animals were, you know, they were pretty stressed the last couple of years, and I haven't I haven't. I haven't seen a year like this to really know what it's going to do to the animals, so I can't really tell you. But my opinion is that I think the deer will be really good. I think the deer, I, we kind of proved it last year, you know. The deer are way more drought. They, they can handle a drought a lot better than an elk can, you know, in my opinion. But I think those bucks that have the genetics, they're going to they're gonna get what they need in my my opinion. Now, Josh, elk, you, I, th I think they could be a little. They could be. They're, they're going to be big bulls like there is always, but I. I think that. I don't think it's going to be as good as anybody. Everybody's saying. I think if we had another good winter and a good good spring, I think it would. That would be the best year we've ever seen. You know? Okay, so, so you so you guys. think that it's going to be a great elk year and a great coos deer year. But you're saying if we can follow it up with good fall moisture, good winter moisture, you know, obviously good monsoon moisture, and yep. next year, that's when you think the elk could really shine. Yeah, that that's when I would want my elk tag. Okay. For sure. Cash, any thoughts on all that that your brother was saying? Yeah, um, I think... I mean, in the lower country, it's starting to dry out like we're down, I don't know, what is that, 3,500? Mm -hmm. it, it's green, but it's, I mean, there's still a lot of old feed, too. So, I mean, I kind of agree with Steele on that, I would say. It's just, While we're on the okay. subject, let, let's talk elk for a second. Um, you know, what are you seeing as far as bulls out there, and where are they at as far as are the, their growth? Um, are you seeing them up out to their fourth points? What What are you seeing so far? It, big bulls. I mean, yeah. the big bulls. They'll be some of the big bulls will be finished. You know what I mean? Here pretty quick, but in a month. Or but the. Uh, I mean, they all drop their horns at different times. I had a picture of a bull. This year, I didn't. My my uh, our hunting our guide Brett, he had just a normal little six point. He dropped February twentieth. You know what I mean? So they all grow at a different. You know they start. I think it depends on when they start. You know a lot more. And I don't know what what that is. I don't know what causes that for them to drop. If it's the good good feed that we had early, you know when they're pushing their antlers off or. If it's the time of year they're born, you know, I don't I don't know what causes that. As far as elk goes this year, um, obviously the draw is already out. Um, do you guys have any particular spots uh, in your elk guiding, you know, any, any early late hunts, anything that you say, yeah, we could use another hunter or two, or are you guys pretty well booked up for your elk hunts? Or, 
I, I would say we're pretty full. Um, we could probably take another late 23, and then, actually, we could take some, I don't like to do it, but we could take some 22 second hunt late hunts. You don't like yeah. to do it because the bull quality in 22 is not what it used to be. Is that why? Yeah, yeah it's hard. If you're, and then the bulls that you scout, you know, prior, everything changes on that on that second. You can scout during that late, the first late hunt, and uh, you it come back. Changes. You come back. It's like World War Three over there. So all them bulls yeah, get blown out. You just kind of got to go hunting and know, know where they pocket up at, you know. I'm going to not rope you guys into this, but I'm going to give a little editorial myself. I, I really don't know what the Game and Fish is thinking in 22 with the elk. I, I really, you know, it just seems like the late hunt structure with the two late hunt structures that they've had, you know, everyone is complaining that the quality of elk in 22 has just gone down dramatically. And I don't quite know what the objective is. Um, 22 used to be, you know, not the greatest unit, but, you know, you could go find some respectable bulls and not to say that there's not, you know, a couple respectable bulls in there, but generally the, the age class has just come way, way down. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. If you get a bull now, you're lucky to see a, you know, mainframe six-point six bull. Five I mean, it's... Yeah. Last year we hunted it, and uh, it was pretty rough. I mean, yeah, I've seen more people than elk. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, let's let's jump back to coos deer. We're kind of all over the place, but I want to jump yeah. back to coos deer because that's what you guys love more than anything. Um, in your opinion, are there bucks? You know, with the drought last year, are there holdover bucks in your mind that you guys are anxious to see what they'll do on a year like this? Most definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. They're, they're I, bu some of them bucks, I, I don't know. I might be getting a little too excited, but I can think of four or five bucks that had the right genetics, you know, that, that could really... And they were bigger the year before. Yeah, they were, you know, so they could blow up. And now they got more age on them. They can have the right genetics if they don't got the age. Then, then they're, you know, it ain't it ain't no good. Do you guys find that, you know, areas that you guys have found big bucks in before? Do, do you do you go back to those areas and find other big bucks? And, and I guess my question is, do you think there's something about that particular home range or areas where you found, you know, this buck or that buck or whatever that, you know, yeah, you go back there and it seems like there's always a good buck around or to, you know, maybe a couple years later. I mean, is there something about the soil? What is it about some of those spots? And, do, you know, do you find, have you found multiple big bucks like, you know, a couple of years later, boom, there's another big buck right where another one was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've got a good story about that. Um, Waylon, he killed a 125, I think, in 2011 or 13. Is that, the, is that the one with ridiculous eye guards? Just they were like yeah, seven yeah. inches long like, or something? Oh, what? 16 inch beans. It's got a nine inch eye guard and Jeez. 11 inch U2s and stuff. He's 
kind of spindly and small beams, but he was wide and had lots of time length. But yeah, we we ended, we killed that buck, and then two years later, two years later, we uh, we killed a hundred and thirty inch deer in there in the same. I mean, eight hundred yards from each from apart, eight hundred yards apart. And I think more so than anything, I think it's genetics. You know. It's kind so of you, a big. You just think that's a good pocket where where the genetics are good and and um, you know so those are spots that you'll continually keep your eye on. So I, I guess what I'm saying is if people are listening and they've harvested good bucks, you know wherever whatever unit they're hunting, not a, a bad idea to keep kind of tabs on that area because there's something about it that produces big bucks. So you guys would agree yeah. with that? Yes, for sure. And and a, and another thing is the country set up right, you know. In the earlier hunts, them bucks are up on the flat in tougher, in like impossible stuff to kill them in. And we killed both of those bucks in, De in the December hunt. They they roll off the edges where they're huntable, you know. And Jack, Jay, are you, are you but, elbowing your brother, telling him, don't tell no. all the secrets? I... Uh, I think a lot of people know. I mean, there's a lot of good hunters around here. Um, I mean, everywhere. I think uh, I think you just got to go put the time in, you know, put hard work in, and it and, pays off. And even though those bucks are on faces where you can glass them, but I think a, a mistake a lot of people make, they go to a spot maybe maybe in October and they glass, glass their ass off they don't see anything and they give up on that spot in december everything changes you know you got to go back through and recheck stuff and we catch ourselves doing it a lot you know like we've killed like where we killed like that that buck that i was just telling you about whalen killed his buck i don't know how many days we hunted him but the 130 inch buck that we killed out of there we hunted for 13 days you, you on the late hunt. You get tired of looking at the same hillsides. You know what I mean. You know you can name every tree on the hillside. So that that we kind of like changing it up a little bit. But a guy really shouldn't do that. You always need to keep an open mind. Steel, when you're when you're talking about that, is that buck you're looking for cycling through there, or is he right there the whole time and you just don't see him, and then all of a sudden he pops up? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, there, a lot of times it's it's kind of flats with little finger points coming off the flats, and I think it, it just depends on the time of year, you know. Not to say that that buck, that big buck, wasn't on that face sometime in October, but if he was, he probably wasn't moving very much, and he wasn't very far from that flat. In December, you know, they... they they use the ridge tops, make scrape lines, stuff like that. You know, checking checking does, just doing what they do in the December. And I think that's that's probably the main reason what gets them killed. Yeah, good but then, point. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll find just however there's different country that's better different times of the year. You know, so you can't you you can go glass a spot for freaking. 
like we did it last December. We glassed the spot for uh, 16 days. I think I might have seen the buck once, but I I just got a glimpse of him, and we almost and then we killed him the 13th day. In a buck that I was hunting a different buck. I killed that. I killed a 120 buck hunting a 115 buck. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. I want to take just a quick second here uh, to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. My friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years. I call him the glassing guru. He is the optics authority. He is the optics manager at GoHunt.com. He is the optics manager of the gear shop there at GoHunt.com. I encourage you guys, if you have any glassing needs at all, if you're looking for binoculars, if you're looking to buy a spotting scope, rifle scope, anything to do with optics, give Cody a call at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can also email him at optics at gohunt.com. I want to thank GoHunt for their sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, I also want to remind you guys that if you're not a GoHunt Insider member, go to gohunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. So go to gohunt.com forward slash Scott. That helps uh, that's the best Western hunting resource for draw odds, harvest statistics when you're applying for all these states. So if you're looking at Arizona, you're looking at different units, you can literally go on there, put the, put whether you're a resident or non-resident, put your amount of points, and it will give you your odds and tell you, you know, what you're looking at at some of these different units. So uh, I also want to thank Kuyu. That's K-U-I-U. Uh, com. if you want to get more information, check out their website, kuyu.com, K-U-I-U.com. That's Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear uh, on all my hunts. Uh, I also want to thank canyoncoolers.com uh, and remind you guys that you can get a 10% discount if you use the JSCOT19 promo code. Also at Phonescope.com, that's the digiscoping device I use on my iPhone 10, taking videos and pictures. Use the JSCOT19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. And then OnXMaps.com, 20% discount if you use the JSCOT19 promo code. Um, all right, so we've talked about holdover bucks. Uh, you guys have said that you don't think the coos deer are as affected as elk. But let me ask you a question. If we've had the moisture that we've had, do you feel like, you know, certain coos deer could be at their absolute maximum potential as far as antler growth because of maybe, you know, the maturity and and getting a, you know, you talk about bucks that were bigger than last year they weren't as big and now you've got great moisture. I mean, do you think some of those bucks are going to be as big as they can be? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. And another thing is they get to use the country better that they live in, you know. They, when the water's real tight, they, they don't get to use the country like they normally would when there's water everywhere like there is now. So they can go chase that feed and still have water at a reasonable distance, you know. So in other words, what you're saying, Steele, is on a year like last year where there was very little water, they kind of had to, they didn't have many choices to get a drink. They have to drink. Uh, yes, and then they exactly. would have, it would force them to eat feed that maybe wasn't as good. Where, you know, it's it's almost like turning cattle out loose or turning 
you know, sheep or anything else out, they're going to go find the best feed. Certainly, that, that's what you're saying, right? And oh, also yeah. because there's water everywhere where they don't have to come back to a particular spot. Yep. What but about I mean, pre predation? A buck can get big on a water hole, you know what I mean, using the same water, but I just think, like, the canyon deer, you know, the deer that drink drink out of, you know, springs, and have, a lot of the big deer that we've killed, they have four or five water sources that they can use, right? You know, all of it's pretty handy to them, and then they can use all the country in between it. They don't have to water at one one hole. That they've got they've got different options. How does predation as well? You know, if 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 all the animals have to drink out of a certain you know spot in a canyon where there's only water, or if there's only you know water at a windmill or water at a dirt tank, but everything else is dried up. How much do you think predation plays into? On a year like this, the lions will have a little bit tougher time, you know, like honing in and, and getting a pattern on those deer as well. Yeah, most certainly. I I think lions are a lot like like hunters like us, you know. They they kind of know what kind of year it is, and they, they hunt that way because I've trailed lions when it's real dry, and they'll go from spring to spring to tank, you know what I mean? They just make their rounds. So exactly, there. I def I definitely think they're way the deer are way more vulnerable when the when there's not a, not much water. You guys, um, do you guys chase lion as much as you used to chase lion? No, we've we've kind of we start trashing. We're deer and elk hunters now, but no, we still <laughs> have, we have our hounds. We uh we don't have as many. But uh, it's just hard to make a living at just lion hunting in Arizona, and especially now. So um, to be truthful, we, we probably get more enjoyment out of making hounds, having, you know, making Crazy. good hounds. Yes, sir. Yeah. But what what is you guys' opinion on um the lion population in 22 and 23 where you hunt and and feel free if you feel like it's you know good in some areas bad in some areas or you know don't let me lump all of you know 22 or all of 23 what is your opinion on the amount of lions you know since you guys have both been chasing them since you're in diapers what's your thoughts yeah there's there's lots of i mean i wouldn't say a lot of lions to a lion hunter and a lot of lions to a deer hunter is two different things, but there's plenty of lions around. Have you noticed that, you know, any more or any less, or you think it's just all the same? Well, there's more for sure this year because they didn't get hunted all year. We had to turn we had to turn some lions loose, so we know there's more, but I, th I think they've been trying to kill lions off since, you know, the early 1900s probably earlier the, the ranchers and stuff depredation depredation hunters and they, yeah. they haven't got it done yet so <laughs> there's always some lions around this this country you know in the Sierra Anches and the rim all this country 
it's so broke up and them lions come from other places and the matazels i mean there's there's lots of uh what would i say lots of freeways you know it's a lion freeway gotcha so they're, they're going to come you kill them out in a certain area they're just going to roll back in because that's just what they do those toms have such a big area right yeah. yeah, one Tom gets moved out of some country, he moves moves to another piece of country. You guys being lion hunters, um, someday I want you to meet my friend Hunter Meekum who works with me at the Optics Ranch. You guys have a lot in common, and you guys have some really good conversations because he's, he's a really sharp kid on, on lions. And, you know, one thing yeah. he's really opened, to my, opened my eyes about lions um, you know, being a deer hunter, being an elk hunter, you know, I just think, oh, you know, kill every last one of those lions. And, you know, he actually talks about, you know, toms being around, chasing other toms out, being territorial, killing other toms, you know, killing, you know, chasing females, killing kittens, blah, blah, blah. You know, he talks about all of it. And um, it's really opened my eyes to kind of, you know, he's a deer hunter as well, but he's a lion hunter first and foremost. Um, you know, having some lions around is not all bad, is it? No, it's good. And a lot of times, I mean, they're pretty hard on deer, but around this country, they eat a lot of javelina, elk, elk skunks. You know, they don't just, I mean, you'd be amazed how many miles you'll trail one before they're going to make a kill or before you find a kill. Don't get me wrong, they they kill a lot of a lot of game, but I dang sure we 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 try not to kill females unless they're hurting someone. You yeah. know, if they're, if they're eating on our one of our buddies' ranches or some eating some cattle or yeah, we'll kill them. we'll kill them. We don't like to. We've but, been preached to our whole life, Jay. And if you leave the females, you will always have toms and. If a lot of lion hunters would, I mean, but there's a lot of guys that haven't caught a lot of lions, so when they catch one, they think they got to kill it. And if if everybody would have that mindset, I think I think we'd all be way better off. You mean um, not killing every female, not killing every lion that they find? Just like a trophy, be a trophy hunter. You know, that's that's kill the big mature ones, let everything else grow up. Very interesting. Um, okay, guys, I want to put you on the spot. I want to put each one of you on the spot uh, here, and I want Cash. I want you to tell me what you think Steel's um, strengths are, and Steel, I want you to tell me what you think Cash's strengths are. Who do you want to start? I don't care. Ah, uh, this is Cash. Um, I'm like a. Uh, I'm always ribbed up real high, and still he's patient, so he's got to reel me back in sometimes. So, so I mean, I think there's time. There's times when he actually will just tell you to mellow out and like let's just grind it out. Or you guys, I mean, how does that work? We use other words, but yeah, kind of <laughs> brotherly love. <laughs> but I think it's a good mixture, as in it. It kind of, we're a team. It, I'm, you got to work together 
killing some of them big animals. You can't be. I think people spread out too much and get too. We like to hone in on something and use our strengths. You know. Think so about you it. say. Seal's so got a lot of a lot of patience, a lot more patience than you have. Is what it's, you're saying is steel strength? Yeah, I do too. I know what it. I mean, he I just trained himself to where he has some patience, but once the animal's found, that's when he loses his patience. You know, he, <laughs> he just wants to go, go, go. Yeah. All right, and then Cash, he's. He's a really good glasser, and uh, he uh, he does get excited. But I think our whole team, you know, me, Waylon, Levi, Cash, Brett, Jesus, we all know how to handle each other, you know, and say the right things to each other to calm each other down. When you know, Cash and Waylon, they're the two high strung ones. So everybody else kind of tries to calm them down. Yeah, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, but it also takes, I'm kind of a high-strung one, and Dar's kind of the more patient, kind of just let it play <laughs> out, kind of, but you you can kind of play off of each other, and there's times when, correct me if yeah, I'm wrong, but there's times when the high-strung ones kind of get everybody going and fired up, and, and then there's times when maybe the more patient one's going to kind of slow everybody down and just, you know, work together. And, and so, yeah, kind of ham and egg in it is good. If we were all yeah. exactly the same, it'd probably be a train wreck. Hell, yeah. Like, Cash, there's sometimes that you need to hustle, you know. He's always in a hurry. And then there's sometimes where you don't need to hustle. But, yeah, we all, you know, we all we all have each other's backs and, and uh you know, whatever's best, whatever's best to get the job done. That's a, that's our method. Well, whatever it takes. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, do you think there's a chance in uh, 2019 here that we can get Levi on Instagram, or is he going to always be hashtag Levi doesn't have Instagram? I don't know. We'll try to. Waylon's been trying to for a while. <laughs> not working. He's not, he. He's not very talkative. <laughs> he is, but it's it's got to be in person, I guess. <laughs> right on. Um, all right, let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else we didn't cover. So how optimistic are you guys? I heard you, Steele, saying, you know, you think elk's going to be good, but maybe not as good as some people think. How optimistic are you guys for this year's cooster season coming up? I think it'll be pretty phenomenal myself. But, I mean, we had a lot of late rain, and, I mean, the coos deer drop way after the elk, so. And like I say, but they they could be stunted a little bit, too, you know. Maybe not stunted, but they, they might not maximize like you would think, like I think they should, you know. We, we just don't want to jump to conclusions, you know. We want to kind of get a feel, let it happen, you know. When we start seeing some bucks, then then that's when you know what kind of year it is. You don't want to jinx it. Let's just say it. You don't want yeah, to jinx it, do exactly. you? <laughs> I might have rutted too hard and last year and had sore feet where they couldn't eat for a month or something. I doubt okay. that. Okay. I want to kind of end in, in, in this discussion, and the discussion is for people listening – 
talking about coos deer bucks and how habitual they are as far as, you know, finding them in the exact same spot they were in last year, um, you know, watching them from growing their velvet all the way till hardhorn all the way through December. Talk a little bit about, you know, how habitual are they as far as, you know, do they move a ton? Do they, are they stay home range? You know, talk about that. I think it depends on the country that you're in each deer. But, yeah, they are they are a lot of the big deer that we've killed. You know, they, they use the same country, but they who knows how far they've gone, you know. I haven't, I haven't been able to say that, you know, I've seen a, a big mature buck go three miles to rut. I know that, but before the rut, I, we just go with what we know. We, where we see them in the velvet, we hunt them. You know, we might we might get a different angle, but we, you stay in that general area, and it usually works, and sometimes it doesn't. I think some of those deer travel a lot more than most people could even imagine a coos deer traveling. But I think if you go to if you go to thinking like that, you'll go to jumping around too much, and you'll you'll you won't kill nearly as many deer because. For the most part, they are, you know, their homebodies, you know. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you say in general that, you know, if, you, if you're if you patterned a buck in velvet by the October hunt and even the November hunt, he should be somewhere right there. Like, I mean, you should be able to turn him up, right? So, in other words, yes. if you've done your job and scouted him in the velvet, you should be able to stay right there, change your angle if you have to, but kind of stay right in that country because more than likely that buck hasn't moved. Would you agree with that or not? Yes, I would agree with that. That's our method, but I'm not saying that they – even in December, you always – you got to change your angle or go on the other side of the ridge or something. They're going to be around that country, but they will move – I, they will move further than you think, some of them. And then other bucks, like this year, we watched them velvet out. We watched them in the October, November, and then they rutted in the same spot. But that spot wasn't, you know, not a lot of hunting pressure. Um, they 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 didn't have anywhere. They didn't have to move anywhere, you know. Jay, this is Cash. Um, I glassed that 120 buck up. In August, we I seen him one time, but I killed him. We killed him in his same tracks, rutting a doe in December. Really? Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, within so the, three feet. So that's that's a perfect case of that deer is a serious homebody. So not only does he, you know, grow his velvet, you know, then rub his velvet, stay hard antlered, and then start rutting. I mean, he's right. That's that's a buck that, you know, so if someone's out there and finds a big buck in the velvet, you would say make sure you dang sure check that their home country before you start, in, you know, trying to invent the wheel and reinvent the wheel and, and go look at, you know, oh, maybe he's over here, maybe he's over here, right? Yeah, a lot of people, that's the first thing they say. Well, that buck, he's not going to rut there. Well, what? it doesn't, I mean, that buck... It was hard to believe, but it it happened. I mean, it's not hard to believe though, because the does were right there. 
Yeah, Don't get I me mean, wrong, they will leave does to go find other does and rut in different places, but every deer is different, you know. You always just got to – you learn every time you go hunting. But, every day you scout, you just – Then, Jay, then big bucks, then 120-plus bucks, or old, big, mature bucks, they just don't move as much as a younger deer. And I think people need it's, – it's all about being patient and don't let it get to your head and being in the right place at the right time. And do you think you know, do you think a lot of people kind of overthink it, Cash? I mean, do you think that instead of just hone in and stay in that country, work that country over, you don't see them, just change your angle, keep working, keep working, they jump two miles, three miles over, and then they're they're not even in the ballpark where that buck is. Yeah, they're not they're not hunting where they scouted for if they move that far. You they're, know, they're just trying to get lucky and. And it's easy to do. We, yeah. we catch ourselves doing stuff like that. But if you know a deer's in an area, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. My, my brother Levi, he's the best. That, he reels us in that way because we, we, have, we all have great patience. But once you sit in a spot for so long that you start going crazy, that's when he comes into play. He can sit longer than anybody I know. And that's, <laughs> he's that's a lot awesome. of the reason... He's a lot of the reason we've killed a lot of our big deer. I mean, we all That's are, but everybody's yeah. does their part. But he he has, when it gets tough, real tough, 10 days sitting on a spot, he, he'll still sit there. But a lot uh, of things, another thing is, is having guys at different angles. That's what we, that, that, we've learned that. Those huh? bucks we were killing in December, I had cash three miles away with the big eyes. I had Brett on the other side of the ridge. I mean, if them deer wiggled, we seen them. Yeah. We couldn't kill them always, but we seen them and we knew what they were doing. Finally, finally that deer messed up and we killed him. That's awesome. Let's, um, before we go here, let's just get a rundown on what you guys are using for optics. Um, you know, whether it be your chest binocular, your, you know, your, your go-to glass, you know, that you're glassing all the time, long-range glassing, whatever, um, go through kind of what you're using. Uh, Jay, you I, I have a pair of, uh, I just like the uh, 1042 SLC, the new, you know, the 15, the new HD 15, little brother. Yeah. I have those, and then I have... We're 15 guys, and then uh, BTX. I use the BTX. He still likes the BTX. Uh, majority, though, I mean, 15 and a spot, you know, and we have a 95 and then a 65. Then we have the cowas. Then our cowas, but 15's in a good spot and scope. You can do a lot of damage. Yeah, those, um, are you guys using the Swarovski 15s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the only glass, I mean. They're so good. Bad. They're ridiculous. Yeah. In our opinion, that's the only thing you should, a guy should use. There's other good ones, but I. So we like this. I like the BTX, especially when I have something bedded. You can just you can stare at them, you know. Same with the yeah. cowas, but the cowas have a little more field of view, so it cash likes those. But I like okay. the BTX because I can pack it with my 15s, you know, in my pack. We we honestly, I'm the only one that has a pair of uh, 
well, chest binoculars. Uh, okay. We used to not, we used to just, and it's stupid, I think a guy should have some binoculars handy because I'm sure you know how many times you've been driving on your range or whatever in your truck and yeah i know but. i know what you're saying but it's it's easy to just have your 15s in your pack and you figure you're gonna you know go up to your glassing point anyway so i mean i i i've done both and i see both sides of it um guys it's always awesome having you on the podcast uh when, when i say at the beginning of the podcast that in my opinion no one has produced like you guys have i mean it um, it's always great. I love following your Instagram page, uh, AZ Ground Pounders, uh, on Instagram. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys muck out on the elk hunts. And uh, super excited for the coos deer. Um, just love those coos deer like you guys do. And it's just awesome seeing the bucks that you guys um, dredge up. So, uh, yeah, I want to give you guys a chance to let uh, the listeners know how they can uh, follow up with you, how they can follow along, whatever you want. Uh, go ahead and uh, do that now. I'll also link that up in the show notes. And uh, all I say to you guys is just keep doing what you're doing. You guys do a phenomenal job. Uh, the proof is in the pudding, and um, that pudding tastes pretty good. I can tell you that uh, just just watching, you know, what you guys produce. So um, just keep keep doing what you're doing. Don't change a thing. Thanks, Jay. We really Thank appreciate you, Jay. it. Um, you can get a hold of me at uh, 928 cash 928-978-1343 or Waylon, which he's in service most of the time. He has an insurance company right here in Payson. Uh, his number is 928-517-1337. And we post most of our – we use Instagram uh, – AZ Ground Pounders, all lowercase is our handle. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, Jay, you having us on here, Jay. Yeah, no sweat. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up in the fall and see all the giant stuff that you guys have found. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tell the rest of your crew, uh, Waylon and Levi and all your crew, hello for me. Uh, and uh, tell tell your dad hello as well. And, um, yeah, we'll just see how this summer progresses and see what see what the antlers, see what the good Lord gives us. So it uh, should be a fun year. You guys keep it up, uh, and uh, we'll be chatting at you down the road here, okay? Thanks, Thank Jay. you, Jay. Have a great evening. All right. God bless. Bye.